so it is, therefore, we are not angels from heaven to speak to you, but men whom grace and grace alone has made to differ from you. We rise up in prayerful exultation and cry out together, Hail Mary, full of grace. We need to start with the conviction that nothing on this earth satisfies. I want to know you and the people you serve. Every priest is a kind of a mediator between God and man, bringing God to man and man to God. Send us out to bring glad tidings. Go make disciples. Welcome to Life is Still Worth Living, a podcast of the seminarians of the Diocese of Peoria. Welcome back to Life is Still Worth Living. I'm not Jacob Martini. Jacob is in Guatemala right now. Keep him in your prayers. Him and Nick Connor are learning Spanish this summer in Guatemala. Uh, They should be coming back relatively soon. Seems like they've done all right. Uh, Haven't fallen into any volcanoes yet, but we'll see. (laughs) Uh, my name is Ben Schoonmaker. I am in second theology at the Diocese of Peoria in my fifth year of seminary, and I'm joined today by a special guest, John Asaf. John Asaf is, I think you're our newest seminarian. Uh, I mean, like, if you're talking about most recently accepted, I'm not. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Jared. Jared was be. accepted after me. Well, John will be one of our newest seminarians. He one of our newest that works, right? Hey, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Newest He'll class. be starting uh, at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary as a freshman in the fall. Uh, probably in August, right? Yeah, I think so. Here we go. Um, I started as a freshman five years ago. It seems crazy that that was five years ago. Wow, it does. Yeah. Yeah, John is from the Quad Cities. He's from St. Pius X Parish. Went to Ullman High School. Uh, he gets seen. I think you went I to Seton. I did, yeah. I went to Seton. Went to Seton grade school. Lifelong Catholic education right here. Right here, John Isoff. So John's going to share with us a little bit of, of why he decided to enter seminary um, and where he is today, what he's excited about in the future. We're just going to have a little chat about that. So John, introduce yourself. Yeah, so like Ben said, I'm John Isoff. Thanks so much, Ben, for having me. It's awesome to be on podcast. I love podcasts. <laughs> But um, yeah, so like you said, I'm from the Quad Cities. I just graduated high school a couple weeks ago, actually. So it's kind of unique. I'm pretty young uh, for a seminarian, but I'm really pumped to begin this journey of formation and hopefully in pursuit of the priesthood. Yeah. So John, I mean, there, there's a lot of like a lot of things that led to you to entering seminary. You are a seminarian already. <clears throat> wow. You are a seminarian already. Yeah, there uh, and there's Proclaim a lot of it. things that led up to that. But what what are what are some of the ways that God called you to seminary? Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I I'm really a big fan of the idea that like discernment or um, yeah, just discerning any vocation is not like a one time thing, you know. And like that's just how I've experienced it in my life. And um, I guess like I really just started asking the question. Uh, soon after I kind of had like a conversion, you know, my freshman year of high school. And it it was more just like that persistent desire that kind of stuck there along with like, you know, obviously ups and downs. But I think like if I had to, you know, give the elevator pitch, it'd it'd just be like, that's where the trajectory pointed, you know, and like, that's where I just saw like, 
my gifts pointed towards and my desires pointed towards. And so, you know, like I'm just continuing that and following that. Yeah. Yeah, I know for me personally, uh, I, I decided to enter seminary right out of high school as well. Um, and they're kind of like, you hear a lot about these big moments. And some people do have those big moments in discernment where they, they have like some God speaking to them, well, not some God, the God speaking them right. to them from a cloud moment, knocked off your horse moment. Uh, but for me, it wasn't, wasn't like that. It was kind of a, a culmination of these small moments that at the time I didn't even really see as kind of a big deal. Um, I didn't see them as something that changed my life forever, that changed the trajectory of my life. But ultimately, they really did. They were these small encounters mm. where God was working on my heart, little by little, moving me towards something, moving me towards himself and towards my vocation. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool that looking back, you can see all right. these little things that didn't seem very important at the time, changing the trajectory of your life. Yeah. I think that's kind of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's so amazing. And, you know, it, I think like looking back, I mean, obviously like hindsight's twenty twenty, you know, but um, just looking back into little moments in your life and not even like specific moments, but just maybe, you know, like certain things you picked up, you know, hobbies or, or just decisions that you made that may have had a bit more of a lasting effect. Like you can just see the hand of God working through, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I can think of many of those in my life, but um, yeah, Father Nicholas Wilson, who... I believe as a seminarian was one of the, I think he was on the first podcast. I think you're right. Yeah, with Nick Wilson and uh, with Jacob Martinez, I think. But yeah, he was at St. Pius for this past year. And, you know, I've talked to him a lot just about discernment. And he's a very big, a very big fan of the idea that discernment kind of falls under the umbrella of prudence. And I mean, I don't know how much I know about prudence since I haven't read Father <laughs> Pine's book, but um but yeah, like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and just like seeing how God's providence works in, in our lives, you know. And I can even see like, from, I guess you'd call it like pre-conversion or like, um, before I was like really in my faith, just like, like hobbies that I picked up that just kind of opened me up to it, right? And like just this gradual, softening of my heart, that that kind of led to a conversion, and although like there was a big moment if those preceding steps like never occurred, right? Like that, that wouldn't have done anything. Like I'd say those big moments are more of like a nudge, but like what's a nudge if you're not walking on the path before sure. or after, you know? Yeah. Kind of these, these little moments build towards something. Uh, you said it, it softens your heart. Is that the word you use? Yeah. Like, and then prudence kicks in. Like this is the next right step for me. And I don't know how it was for you, but I know for me that seminary wasn't like, this is a crazy next step. It just was, this is where the Lord has been leading me over these past few years. And I think I'm ready to take this next step now. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I felt, yeah, like really, I think the biggest thing for me was just feeling ready and like, it, like it felt right, you know, um, hanging out with the seminarians at a May stays and, um, you know, e even like, doing things in my parish, like teaching CCD, right? And, and um, kind of being more of a leader in, you know, like my, my school Bible study, right? Thing, things like that. They, things that just kind of 
felt right. They gave me peace. And I, I will see seminary as more of a continuation of that rather than, you know, a whole new unknown area. And of course, there are unknown bits like where I have to trust the Lord. But um, yeah, it, I think it really just followed. Yeah, it's the next right step that, that the Lord's calling you on your path towards Him. And I'm, maybe you can talk a little bit more about this, but I imagine steps along the way included like development of a prayer life. What did that look like for you? Um, making good, holy friends who, who help lead you to Christ. Um, like you said, Emmaus days and encountering seminarians, uh, becoming comfortable around them, learning kind of what that life is like and being invited into that by other seminarians, by priests, and ultimately by, by Jesus himself. Um, yeah, so what, what did some of that development look like for you? Yeah, so, I mean, like, I I don't know what I would do if I hadn't been given the great formators um, in my life that really guided me in those in those steps, right? So, like, I had, I had a phenomenal spiritual director at Allman, our chaplain, um, Father Matthew Helsher, and then also one of the sisters at, at our school, uh, Sister Bernadette, and, and Father Wilson as well this past year. And, and you know, just like, like many, many people like that, but that especially guided me, you know, with a prayer life, that, that's, you know, hands down the most important thing, you know, just learning to hear the voice of God. And, um, you know, one of the things that he recommended to me, like right off the bat was like daily Lectio Divina. Um, and so, you know, I, I still do that to this day just like, you know, not that I like have, you know, insane meditations, you know, or like I'm levitating or anything in the chapel, but, um, but yeah, just like waking up early in the morning and, you know, breaking open the gospel and learning to hear the voice of God, see how he speaks and that it isn't a booming voice and right. Like having to learn that, I guess that way of prayer, that way of encounter that is so like, uh, that is so, I guess, uncommon in the world, right? That that we just don't, we don't encounter that, right? Um, so that that's a huge thing. And then kind of letting that uh, just pour over into like the more active life, you know? So like, you know, doing those things like teaching CCD and like, you know, being with good holy friends, you know, I found a really good group, you know, here at the small group and, you know, our youth group at our parish and like just great people um, doing that you know, building fraternity in that way. And, you know, like, as you know, we, uh, once a week, we, you know, we do morning mass, a daily mass, and then we go out to breakfast after. So just like times like that, you know, where it's just, you're having fun, sometimes doing stupid things, making stupid jokes. <laughs> nothing immoral though. I shouldn't should say nothing, but, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, like, that, that's just good, building that brotherhood and, you know, with other men and, you know, even with women, just like having having that those encounters with others. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see that ripple effect of like you're you're one guy, one person in this world, one Christian in this world, which is huge. You've been baptized. Wow. It's yeah. a pretty important thing. God is alive in you. Um, but one Christian in this world who's taking your faith seriously and that just ripples out and like transforms right. everything around you. Um, you talked about like like how Christian community has built up around you um, because of your relationship with the Lord, because you've invested in your prayer life, because you committed to that, that time of Lexio Divina, uh, entering deeply into prayer, yeah. really pursuing your vocation. 
community has built up around you, a bunch of people uh, through the witness of your life already have been invited more deeply into the life of Christ. Right, yeah. And that's pretty, like, that's profound. That's huge. It's that's amazing. nuts. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Like, I could, I mean, I could talk forever about this, but just, like, the big gift that friendship has been for me and, like, the the gift that really is straight from the hands of God because, um, I you know, just growing up, like, I've always, that's just one thing I've always kind of struggled with, just, like, making friends, you know, and, you know, even being in school and, I guess, you know, in middle school when, like, I really didn't care about my faith, right? Like, the you know, I, I look back and I still see that desire coming up. And, you know, I had a group of friends, but like it, it wasn't, it wasn't rooted in anything deep or even in anything like really good. It was just about, you know, kind of being the center of attention, being, a, you know, the clown and just trying to honestly like validate myself, feel like I was worth something, you know? Um, and then when I finally, yeah, really took on my faith in freshman year, like being, being a practicing Catholic is not popular, even in a Catholic school. It's really not. And so like, yeah, high school is, had been like a lonely time. Has been, yeah, it's been, it's been a very lonely time in some ways. Um, but yet like at the same time and like in that loneliness, I found like the greatest community ever, you know, that's because it is rooted in something so good. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's very authentic. Um, and especially this past year, the past two years, like the Lord has really given me that gift after like, um, yeah, having to surrender that to him in the first couple of years. It's been yeah. amazing. And I remember my first year of seminary, I started um, with Totus Tuus that summer before I entered seminary. And at the training, one of the priests, uh, Priest Juliet, actually, uh, he told me, that loneliness is an opportunity for intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I wrote that down on my phone and I made it like one of my pin notes that I go back to often. And I think that's really true. Like there's moments of loneliness that you experience, uh, which like just because it's an opportunity for intimacy with God doesn't make it any easier. Right. Uh, <laughs> loneliness still kind of, kind of hurts it sucks (laughs) (laughs) it's true it does um but it just becomes this actually kind of a gift Mm. uh so that you can open yourself up to to what god is inviting you into you're not so distracted by everything going on uh but there's this quiet place this place of of real opportunity a deep encounter with Christ. Loneliness is an opportunity for intimacy with God. It's an invitation from God. It's not just right. it's not just the sucky, painful part. There's something good there too that yes. God's asking uh, or inviting you into in that moment. Yeah. I've been reading a book recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've been reading a book called Gift and Mystery. Have you seen this book before? I haven't. No. Okay, it's a it's a pretty. You'll see it around. Uh, John Paul II wrote it. Have you heard of this guy? He was the II? Pope. He's a saint now. Okay. What is yeah. it? Uh, saint Pope Saint John Paul II. Okay, so yeah. I don't think I'm familiar with those terms. That's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wrote a book called Gift and Mystery. I think he wrote it on the 50th anniversary of his priesthood, uh, and it's just kind of his vocation story. Um, yeah, and how he's recognized that his vocation 
as a priest is simultaneously a gift and a mystery, hence mm. the title, Gift and Mystery. Um, but I think I've been reflecting on, on that. Uh, I think that title is pretty profound, in part because you know, he's a saint. Um, That'll do it. But I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, have you recognized uh, the depth of the gift of a vocation yet? Mm. Like, have you thought about that before as it's so like new and fresh in you? So going both ways, like your life is a, a gift mm. to the church. Um, and, and you hear that a lot. I'm sure you've heard it. I hear it a lot. Thank you for, for your yes. Um, yeah. That's that's good to hear. It's good to know that people are grateful and know that they that they need priests. They're grateful for priests. They know they need priests, uh, and they're grateful for our yes. Uh, I'm sure you've heard something like that before. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for for responding to the call. I think what's often forgotten is the gift also goes the other way, that the vocation we're being called to is a gift. From Jesus and from the church to us. Yes. Um, one thing John Paul II talks about is he call he says that every vocation is the fruit of the prayer of the church. And by that he means like every every time a man responds to the call of Jesus to follow him more deeply, to be more configured to him through a priestly life, that isn't just like oh, this kid's so good and has it together. Right. It's people this kid doesn't even know and may never know have been begging the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. People yeah. have been praying for you, for me, uh, who we might know some of them someday. Mm-hmm. You might know some of them already. But I don't. I don't think we'll ever know them all. Um, yeah. And, and like, that's a huge gift we've been prayed for. And our vocation isn't like a pat on our own back from the Lord. Uh, right. It's the fruit of those people begging the Lord for more laborers. Um, yeah, and then it's a gift for us because priesthood is a life of service. Yeah. Uh, so is marriage. Our good holy marriages are a life of service. Right. Uh, so they're both building up the kingdom in that way. Uh, but it's also a gift to us to live in that intimacy with Christ, uh, to live his life and his ministry, to build up his kingdom. Um, it's a gift for the church and it's a gift for us. I, so I just kind of wonder, have you, oh, yeah. have you experienced either of those sides of the gift? Yeah, you know, I, I really think like, yeah, I've just been really convicted recently and like, you know, I haven't been, you know, an accepted seminarian for that long, but just like, yeah, receiving that kind of like, yeah, thank you for yes, you know, thank you for doing this and and all that, you know, I just think to myself like, you, you know, I, I even even myself, like I always kind of thought like, okay, well, like when, when I'm, you know, when I'm a seminarian, I'll have this together, you know, I'll have this part of my life together, but really like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that different of the person that I was a couple months ago, you know, and like to still struggle with these very human things. Um, 
and and yet be called to something so high and so good has like not given me a choice but to rely solely on the grace of God. You know, and uh, I'm going to try and paraphrase this quote, but, you know, St. Augustine in one of his sermons um, said like, ask if this were merited, ask for its justification, and you will find no other reason but sheer grace, you know. And, and yeah, like, the, you know, I mean, he's Augustine, but like he couldn't have said it better. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah, so like, just seeing like this is really a gift to me because now like I get to go and spend years studying what I love, being with guys that like that bring the best out of me, and and like keeping in mind that this is all in pursuit of a life of service, and yet like, um, all the more of a gift that is you know it's it's like that that paradox that both the Catholic both and that like I you know in in the fullest giving of myself like I receive. The, the greatest gift that I could, you know, and it's just such a testament to the generosity of God, you know, because he really is like never outdone in generosity. And like, I, yeah, especially these past couple of weeks, I've just been convicted of that. Yeah. It's not like you're, you're signing your life away to a life of, of misery and sadness. Right. right. You're, you're being invited into, into something pretty dang incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah, and it's not like you. I, I hope at least, like I, I hope that that you want to be a priest. It's not just like, oh, well, I guess oh, yeah. the church needs more priests, so right. might as well be me. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and but, the, but like Christ has planted that desire in you, and and the fact that that people have prayed for you so that you could respond to this grace and and. uh that desire has grown in you. Mm. Uh, and in some sense, I hope it's become irresistible. Like you can't imagine saying no. So it's not like a thank you for mm. your yes, but it's like, no, thank, thank you yeah. for praying for more priests right. so that yeah. I could have the grace to say this yes and respond to this and uh, enter in and consider and discern and, and be formed in this incredible life. Mm. No, yeah, it, it's been such a beautiful gift to see that, like, and, and yeah, yeah, like the gift of the priesthood or the gift of like any vocation, right? Like recognizing that my desires, like God wants to fulfill those, right? And like God has given me this desire for priesthood, right? And but that doesn't that doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and rainbows. Um, and, you know, so it's like you can kind of fall into two, like, extremes where on the one hand you're, like, overly romanticizing it. You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Norway, convert all the Lutherans there. <laughs> um, Norway. Norway. <laughs> but, um, oh, or, you know, you can be like, oh, this is just a life of sheer sacrifice where I'm just going to, you know, fast all day, every day, and, like, you know, all, all this stuff. But, like. It's going to be a drudgery. <laughs> right. No, yeah. But the, the reality is that, like, and I think. I see this like very clearly in my life and I think this is one of the graces that the Lord has given me, but just like that, that he's purified that, uh, or at least I've seen where he's, you know, started to purify that in, in my, my own heart. Um, yeah, I just remember there's this one Sunday where, you know, I, that year I was teaching second grade for the first communion class. So for second grade for CCD. And so, you know, I went to 1030 mass, served that, and then I, you know, I just had to stay the hour between, and then we had the one o'clock um, first communion mass, 
and you know i was just setting up things between i was just super tired i was in a cassock so i was just you know like you know super hot and i hadn't really eaten much and yeah i was just i, I felt miserable <laughs> and it made me question i'm like it, you know like is like this is the life of a priest but like is like it kind of built this fear inside of me like what if, what if like this life isn't what i thought it would be you know and that really kind of rocked me and so i brought it to my spiritual director and he said something that's like stuck it stuck with me you know very clearly but that your fear is not a fear of the priesthood but it is a fear of self sacrifice mm-hmm. and so to make that distinction right like that that the greatness of the vocation doesn't exclude the self sacrifice and like it, and that we we as christians have to learn to love the cross you know but also like in the cross again like that the catholic both and that um that it is in the cross that we that we boast, as Saint Paul says. Yeah, in that sacrifice, in the, the those drudgery moments where you're laying down your life, that that like we're we're called to be like Christ, regardless of our vocation. Yeah, uh, to embrace the cross and and like hold the cross and and kiss the cross mm. and, and carry the cross with with uh maybe not joy, uh, but certainly with happiness with that sense that this is what I was created for. Uh, this is how I was called to lay down my life and to rejoice in that. So I guess, yeah, joy. Uh, yeah. But it's a very different joy than, than sunshine and unicorns right, yeah. and all that. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's the, the joy of, of laying down your life. Yeah, and you were at the diaconate ordination, right? I was. And you saw those four men laying down on the on the steps of the the cathedral on top of those words and in every place there shall be sacrifice Hmm. like that time in the rite of ordination is symbolic of the rest of their lives they'll do it again next year when they're ordained priests they'll lay down in every place there shall be sacrifice and they'll lay down on those words in our cathedral uh symbolically doing what they'll do with the rest of their lives becoming a living sacrifice i think that's present in every vocation i hope so at least right uh for it to be a real a real vocation there has to be some sacrifice i don't think i think married people have hard days too uh, sure days do. where where their baby wakes up 12 times in the middle of the night <laughs> and they don't sleep for a few days in a row and they eat half eaten food and they change diapers <laughs> That sounds like a cross to me. Yeah, it does. Uh, when that can be embraced with joy. Yeah, I think joy is the right word. Yeah, when that can so. be embraced with joy, I think that's when when it becomes uh, really selfific and transformative. It becomes a living sacrifice, a life right. fully given. Yeah, and there's something that we see in that that, like, you know, like we see. You know, whether it's in, like, a movie or, like, even in, like, real life, you know, we see someone truly laying down their life for another. You know, we see we see the parent that's, like, you know, going through whatever it is with, like, four screaming children. And, and, and you know, like, just, just truly giving, giving of herself to, like, each and every one of them. You know, with just complete, you know, um, yeah, self-denial and self-forgetfulness. Just focusing completely on the other. And we see, like, yeah, you know, but both like the wow, like what a beautiful thing, but also like whoa, you know, like this is, 
you know, you know, it can kind of be Not like a pricking our own conscience. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and yet, like, you know, um, I think we all see something in it that's worth it. You know, and maybe like we don't think we're ready for that yet. Maybe we're not in a certain sense, but we're all being called to it. And there's a reason those stories keep getting told. Like we all want to be like that. We all want to be uh, the person who's able to, to, to die to themselves a little bit more. Um, ideally, in our minds, we want that. Right. When it comes, when push comes to shove, <laughs> sometimes we back away from that. Right. Human weakness. Human weakness. Oh man. Yeah. Man, good stuff. Good I also stuff. wanted to ask you about, you know, your entering seminary. You haven't been in seminary yet. No. Uh, so, w- what do you expect from that? Uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? What are you nervous mm-hmm. about? Uh, yeah, all yeah. that. Well, well, I mean, you know, as you know, like, you know, my high school experience with like friends and stuff, like, wasn't, wasn't too easy, you know, and just like being in an environment where like, yeah, the faith was not taken seriously and it was, you know, very much like looked down upon and many people were hostile to it, um, especially in my class, um, to kind of be in an environment where I'm not as much on the defense but more like, okay, this is a place where I can grow. Um, and even if not in like the actual university, at least like in the seminary itself, um, I'm really looking forward to that. And and also just like being with brothers, you know? Um, yeah, it, you know, d- just being in that environment where in every aspect of my life, I, I can be fully focused on growing. Um, you know, so, so that, that's a huge thing. Um, another thing is like, yeah, just studying philosophy. I mean, like, I, you know, I love philosophy. I, um, I don't read as much as I should, but I, you know, I'm starting to. <laughs> um, I love, I love listening to podcasts about philosophy. I mean, Pints with Aquinas, the best podcast ever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm a patron, man. You know, you know this. <laughs> you know, this is my stuff. But, um, no, yeah, just like, yeah, just, um, I think seeing God as truth, like, you know, has just been very, particular in my in my life and just like in in my relationship with God and um truly seeing like how the gift of our intellect to know God it can can really you know correspond with our spiritual lives and like that they're not like necessarily two separate things but they can be integrated um yeah so I really look forward to that um it's another huge gift of of being in seminary, like part of the, the gift of the vocation to you, how many guys get the opportunity to study philosophy like full time? Yeah. Uh, and like, like not have to worry about like, oh, how am I going to find a job with a philosophy degree? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, yeah. It's a, it, it, I guess that's part of the twofold gift. It's a simultaneous gift. It's a gift to you to be able to, mm. to embrace that study. Uh, and it's a gift to the church to to have men to embrace that study so that they know they know reality well, mm-hmm. uh, they know being well, and then the, when they go and study theology, they can be grounded when they study theology mm-hmm. uh, and really yeah be able to explain the truth to to people who may not accept faith. Right. Um, 
And I think that's a huge gift, uh, like you said, to yourself. Yeah. And hopefully for the church, for all of us, to build up the kingdom of God. Yeah, and like even just like getting to know how we come to the truth, you know, like um, where these philosophers get it right or where these, you know, these certain ones get it wrong or like, you know, what parts they get right and what parts they get wrong, where, you know, where and why and like, you know, all that stuff just like, it reveals, I think, a lot about like the human person. What are our desires, you know, and just um, uh, how do we get to that? And, you know, like you can look at um, how how each each of the, you know, the great church fathers or philosophers like give us something very unique, you know, like Thomas is very different from Augustine. And yet like they both give us something so good. Um, and they're both in both of their like own own ways. Yeah, and so just to like receive that, it's like it, you know, truth is good in and of itself, and and um, what a gift, really, what a what a gift it is to be able to study that, to enter into that. Very good. All right, we're running out of time, but I do want to ask uh, two questions first. Uh, is there anything that you uh, want to say to people who are supporting us and praying for us? keep doing it <laughs> no yeah yeah i mean seminarians are like you know we're obviously pursuing we're obviously pursuing the priesthood which is like a life of service to everyone but like especially in prayers you know like we need all the prayers we can get because we're you know we're weak human beings and you know we're pursuing a call that's so so good um and, and beyond us and, and beyond <laughs> us right yeah like I, I can't do this on my own. And, you know, even even having, like, practical, you know, uh, concrete things from supporters, right, like scholarships and things like that, like, they can just make seminary or a vocation so much easier to the guy that's discerning or the guy that's in formation. Uh, it, it's such a huge gift. And, and yeah, like, there, there's no there's no mere individual in the mystical body of Christ, right? Like we, we all are interdependent on each other in the church. Yeah. Yeah. We need each other. Yeah. It's important. Well, maybe not you, but. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then to anyone discerning or thinking mm -hmm. about a vocation, what, what would you say to them? Yeah. I, I'd say like, come and see, right? Like take, take the next step. Um, God does not want you to, you know, be miserable your whole life, right? Like, like your vocation will be the fulfillment of your desires. Ultimately, like in an imperfect way and ultimately in heaven will be the perfect way. But, um, right, like God wants you to be like saying, you know, insert your name here, right? Like he, he doesn't want you to be someone that you're not. And so your vocation will be the fullest version of yourself. It'll, you know, it'll draw you out of yourself. It'll, it'll make, it'll give you that joy that, that you can only have by, by following the Lord. So, you know, at least take the next step, right? Like, you know, if you're in your later years of high school or if you're in college, like take a, take a discernment retreat, right? Go visit the seminary, talk to the vocations director. There's nothing about it that's like recruitment or no, no one wants anything but God's will for you, whatever that is. Right, so, you know, just just to pursue that discernment with an open heart and you'll receive, like, the greatest generosity of God. Great. 
Well, thanks, John, for being with us. Uh, please keep John in your prayers as he begins seminary. Uh, he'll be starting as a freshman, so he is a long journey ahead of him uh, <laughs> until, what, class of 2030? 2030. 2030. Uh, so he's got a long journey ahead of him. Keep him in your prayers. Uh, know of his gratitude for all of your support. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you, and God love you.